To the Beyond the Veil Horror Podcast. Yes, welcome. Folks. We are going to take an adventure today into the spooky realm of haunted houses. But please, adventure. please hold, hold my hand. Please, somebody hold my hand. I'm pissing in my mouth. <laughs> in your mouth? That's cool. Jeez. We should not make it a mess. I don't know where I was going with that. I don't know why well, I think that's so your funny. Mouth. I don't know. <laughs> I think it's so funny because it's just like, what? What? <laughs> It's God's. It's kind of like you and the masturbation <laughs> thing. Mine's like pissing in my mouth. Hey, I haven't talked about masturbation in a long time. <laughs> like you mean last podcast? <laughs> it's been a week, okay? <laughs> yeah. A week is a long time for Mike, guys. <laughs> and there's been a lot of masturbation jokes in between. I know. And I'm gonna probably gonna do it on the way home because it's a long drive. <laughs> <laughs> Just don't yeah, you don't drive stick shift, right? So you know what I do, but uh, manual you're in the good. car. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> So we got a really great cast for you. We are going to be delving into Spook House. Spook House. Uh, but any movies that are basically revolving around haunted houses. Now, we wanted to try to be a little bit eccentric with this one a little bit because, you know, there's a very big, typical mainstream movies. Uh, some that are all pretty much most people would just shoot for the like new ones. Yeah. Right. And like, you know, maybe like poltergeist and things like that. But we tried to go a little bit more old school and a little bit more unique. Yeah. Uh, to kind of show you where it came from. And then maybe in the future we'll do one on the other ones. But the reason we do this podcast, at least for me, I really like to help people find stuff that maybe they haven't seen. And I know that a lot of the horror fans that may or may not listen may know many, many more movies than we probably would. So if you guys ever have suggestions... Um, odds are we probably have seen it or know of it at least, but so we're stick all that subjection. Yeah, we're, we're right up your booty. No, <laughs> we're totally open to that. So that's totally cool with me. We're open about a lot of things here. <laughs> what you have something to share, Pat? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, really, dude. I mean, <laughs> come hey, on out. There's, hey, there's a closet over there if you need to walk out of it. <laughs> there's no door. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's just a wall. <laughs> <laughs> so what have you guys been up to anyway? Uh, I haven't been doing much. A little housework here and there. We had our uh, office Christmas... Well, not really a Christmas party. It's our yearly party. Yeah. Well, you call it office, which is funny to me because you work in a huge theater. Right. <laughs> Whatever. I may have partied a little too hard. Right. You ever party so hard that you have to like quarantine yourself oh, yeah. away from other people? So let me guess. <laughs> you did a bunch of coke, smoked a lot of weed, and uh, shot a lot of heroin. I plead the fifth. <laughs> 
Well, it all depends on where you shot the heroin. Yeah, yeah. and your dick. <laughs> well, of course. There's people that do well, it. I know. Between your toes and your eyeballs doesn't and matter. And your neck. I know. Fucking crazy Up shit. Your you're good in plenties, you know. You're getting... <laughs> uh, all right, let's skip over that. But yeah. no, so you did a lot of a lot of bad things. Did a lot of bad things, and uh, I kind of disappeared for about maybe an hour. Really? Really? Yeah, like like mentally, or just physically? Well, mentally, I was checked out for two hours. Okay, so you blacked. But like out. an hour in, I was like, I got away from everybody. Everybody's just up in my face. I gotta go. <laughs> okay, I get that. That's so when went, you went into yeah. the closet. <laughs> No, I wouldn't. <laughs> <laughs> well, he, he wanted to come out of it. That's what happens. But other than that, I didn't really do much of anything else. What about you, Mike? What'd you do? Uh, you know what? Aside from watching movies. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of lame. Like, I currently am not employed again. I don't have a job. Right. Uh, so literally, like, not lying. And Laura, I'm sorry. I need to do more cleaning around the house. But most of my day is drinking alcohol and watching TV and movies. <laughs> yeah. But I am. I'm doing cleaning. I'm doing laundry. I'm. Yeah. I'm, I'm avoiding cat puke because the cats like to puke everywhere on the floor, and it's you're, like it's like a you, minefield. So since you're not working, are you occasionally like leasing out your mouth? <laughs> oh wow! Oh, wow. <laughs> a lot of real estate. Jesus, <laughs> that's a good honest work right there. I don't know why you're making fun of it. Oh uh, no, nah, but just hanging out, uh, doing a lot of cooking, watching TV. Well, I'm trying to think of what I've been watching. Uh, Iron Chef. Dude, I'm watching so much Iron Chef that's not even funny. It blows my mind. Which Iron Chef do you watch? You watch American version or you watch the Japanese version? Uh, I've Well, uh, I've seen both, but I'm watching the American one currently. Right. Uh, so Mike's going to be starting up a podcast called I Like to Watch Things Cook. <laughs> it's called Food. Cast. <laughs> food, food cast. Yeah. It's currently cooking and yeah. it's frying in the pan. Masturbation and food cooking. <laughs> yeah. Cast. Pretty much. <laughs> what about you, dude? Uh, I really haven't. Well, I've done a few things. I mean, I played some of that Tattletales game. Uh, I haven't put the footage up yet. I don't it, think I know. What game is it? I don't think I know that. It's the fucking one where you're like, you, you're like a little kid and you get a Furby for Christmas, pretty much. It's called a Tattletale instead of a Furby. And you like sneak down and get the Furby and stuff like that. I played a little bit of it. So it's a, it's a video game. It's not yeah, like, it's, it's a not video like a game made with like Unity, which is like one of the the programs that people use to make. Oh games. yeah, a lot of the but ninety percent of the VR games I have are Unity. Yeah, well, it's an easy platform to to kind of use as a as a like a canvas. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, and I think it's free, isn't it? Free to use Unity or some shit like that. I think it is. I know Unreal is uh, one of the Unreal engines are free. Right. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I've been playing that game. I, I watched a lot of other stuff than horror too. I watched some random shit with Christina. I'm really looking forward to seeing the arrival. Uh, I really want to see that. I did watch um, the girl with all the gifts. Oh shit, that's cool. Yeah, and she had a lot of gifts. <laughs> no, I was kidding. <laughs> she, it's it's a female Santa Claus movie. Well, yeah, I thought it was, and I'll probably just like give a quick little review of that right now, just because basically, uh, if you haven't played the game The Last of Us. It reminds me very much of that game. It's not like the same story. It's similar. It has a lot of the same thing as The Last of Us. And it and it pulls on the morality strings pretty hard. Like I was thinking it was going to be. And it totally is. It's like this girl, like all these kids are infected. And if you, they have to wear this like blocker that they put on their skin so that they can't smell blocker? your skin. Because they, if they smell your blood, your skin or whatever, they have like heightened senses. Oh. This girl is like kind of hybrid she wasn't like a full zombie but she still has the tendencies of a zombie and all these kids do but they go into the story about that and it's essentially the mold that gets into people's brains that we were talking about like they do in the last of us 
Right. And it's very similar to that. So it's kind of like the unofficial Last of Us movie that is not the same story, but similar. I don't know how to explain it. But we're going to make it a Last of Us movie anyways. Yeah, they were supposed to. I don't know what happened. Huh, I thought it was still coming out. Sony was putting it together because they own the franchise and okay. they own the, the the rights to it and everything like right. that. So what was your end uh, result of that movie? Uh, I thought it was really good. Um, It really just makes you feel bad all around, like, for different aspects of it. And then it kind of ends, like, really fucked up, where it makes you go, like, fuck, maybe I shouldn't have been feeling certain ways, or you know what I mean? So they they really kind of fuck with you. I liked it, though. I thought Christina and I, it's kind of stuck in my head. No, that's good. I mean, if if a film sticks in your head, that means it was... It Decent. did its job, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I mean, it wasn't like, I wasn't like, oh my God, oh my God. But I was like, this is actually really good. Cool, dude. Right. But yeah, I, I highly recommend checking that out if you guys get a chance. Uh, I watched another movie we talked about last week. Oh, which but one? Should, should I save it? Yeah, go ahead. Uh, talk about it. Uh, well, it was Blair Witch. Yeah. Okay, yeah. And everybody's seen it by now, hopefully. Well, or most. Maybe they're like me. Hey, you're talking about the new one, right? The, new, the very okay, new yeah. one, yes. Yeah, well, the first one's Blair Witch Project. Oh. oh, right. oh Project. Mr. Smarty Pants, no, yeah. you're correct here. <laughs> I, w- I want to say I was a little standoffish just because everybody was just so negative about it. Right. You and didn't it, hear anything positive. It's just one of those series that I kind of really liked. Right. So I, I watched it, and I just didn't get what people were saying about it. Well, I really enjoyed myself. I, I really liked it, too. Oh, yeah. I was talking about um, To Bloody Kisses on Horror Amino, who was one of the last winners of our contestants, uh, the shots, the horror shots for the for the holidays. Right. And she was saying that she didn't like it at all. And I was like, oh, I like. Oh, I think I remember you saying that. What'd she say about her hands? You like said like salad fingers. <laughs> yeah, she she said the witch had salad fingers, and uh, I was like, I kind of like that they show the witch this time. Dude, that witch scared the shit out of me. If that was, came at me, I'd just be like, go ahead. But I can under <laughs> I, I can understand why people may not like it though, because they were hoping to get the same feeling that they got when they felt saw the first one. That's but unfortunately, no movie is ever going to be able to do that for no. you like that. You are a thousand percent correct. Really. So I, I don't. I'm not saying that she doesn't know what she's talking about. I'm just saying that like subconsciously, we all want to feel that. Right. And we all wanted that. But I knew going in that I, I like I kept telling myself it's never going to be like the first one. Even the first one, watching it again, isn't like the first one. Right. <laughs> you yeah, know what I mean? Yeah, because you know it's fake. You're not in a theater. Right. You know you're not a kid. Okay. I watched it recently, and I was just like, yeah, I, I mean, I respect it, but it's not that good. Like, I was like, it's cool. Like, it was so different for its time. It blew me away when I watched it, but it's never going to be that way again when I right. watch it. It's yeah. never going to be that. Yep. Did you notice, okay, you know when they first show up to the woods and right. they're all getting ready to leave? That's where the house is. Yeah, that's what you were saying, yeah. Because they, they, you see the camera... When they pull pan- up in the cars? Yeah, where they pull up in the cars, you see them walking out. When the cameras pan to the ground, you see little floor tiles there. I didn't see that. I'll have to watch it again. Yeah, that's where the house fucking... I watched the movie and the three-hour documentaries and everything about it. I didn't listen to the commentary. Right. I watched the whole, like, making of. They showed, like, how they did the house and everything, which was really cool. The, the whole house, that was, like, a character in itself. Yeah, they did a really good job on that. I like that. I, I thought it was a little weird that they didn't go into the basement, like, in the original movie. Like, everything happened in the basement. Yeah. So, Simon Barrett, who was the writer of it, and the screenplay, or screenplayer. Well, yeah, whatever. they go to the basement. They do go in the they basement. They do go into the basement, but everything takes place in the attic. Right, right. So the, he wanted to change that. He was like, "No, nah, we're doing this." And Ed, Edward Sanchez, I guess the original guy who came up with the story, was like, "Yeah, whatever." <laughs> 
is like he but it was everything everybody was like it's but it was in the basement everything happened in the basement what happened in the basement he was like no nah, we're doing it in the attic <laughs> it's like damn dude uh, I mean, it, it wasn't, it didn't really detract from it too much, but it is kind of one of those things, like, I think in my mind, like, what would it have been like down there? Right. And it probably would have been the same thing. And I, and to me, like, the attic and the basement are both, like, creepy areas because it's the least spent time in. Right. Yeah, it's 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 irrelevant. It's... Right. I, it could it could technically be anywhere in the right. house. You know, but I'm the attic, why not? I mean... Right. I think if they were to do another sequel to this... I would think they would go too wild with it, but I feel like Adam Wingard really took the care that he should have with this, and you should have seen all the stuff they had to do. But anyway, I don't mean to go into too much. Yeah, because I could really dissect this movie. There's a bunch of shit that I want to talk about, but I don't. I think my favorite part was see Blue, the three guys. Oh, that oh, was dude, that was amazing. That, yeah, no, they that's, had that, that gangbang that's scene. That's the hair bitch project that you're watching. That's <laughs> <laughs> where that Muffy girl. <laughs> Uh, anyway, I'm, I'm so stupid. I think it's about that time, guys. Oh my god. Horshot! Uh, so we're going to be doing something very special today. It's a very sexy show. Uh, yeah, it's very classy. I, I guess probably the classiest, most. On a, like you know, and it's not very offensive. It's so classy. We took it to school. Yeah, we tend to be pretty offensive, and I think we wanted to <laughs> kind of have a little bit more class, maybe sound a little more medical. Oh, that was possibly. Of course. So we're going to be doing a horror shot called Urinary Ghost Infection, <laughs> and uh, this is a special shot um, that will have mostly yellow liquid mm. in it, but with a drop of grenadine. Mm. So it's going to be vodka, lemonade. Apple cider, and we're we're debating still if we should do the apple cider vinegar shot. You you could if you want you can. I just know that if I have too much apple cider vinegar, it gives me a headache. Really? Yeah. Well, it's not going to be a lot. Oh, that, it'll be like a quarter of a shot. Oh, that's fine. Like that's a fine. teaspoon. Oh yeah, that's fine. That's fine. Um, so you want to do that? Yeah, go for it. I'll what drink whatever you put in front of me. Dude. All right. Well, why don't we ask them what they want? Oh, oh wait, you won't hear this till Monday. So. <laughs> Give us a call at five five five. Go fuck yourself. Yeah. Call us at five five five. Immature idiots. So vodka, lemonade. We're gonna do apple cider vinegar, and a sh- a drop of grenadine for the urinary tract infection part. Okay. You need that little bit of uh, of red. So you're gonna pour a half a shot mm. of your favorite vodka. We're doing Stobieski, which is a Polish vodka. Correct. All right. Then we're going to put in a quarter of Uh, lemonade. Lemonade. (laughs) And then we're going to take the apple cider vinegar, which is going to be interesting. Jesus. Yeah. Don't don't tell me that's going to be mine. Yeah, that center one is yours. I really hope it's... And then a splash of grenadine. I hope it makes you throw up. <laughs> That's all you care about. That's all any of our audience cares about. Is we're not we're just up. waiting for it to pop, folks. <laughs> it's like NASCAR. <laughs> uh, yeah. All right. I'm going to do it this way so that you can't pick. Uh, and, uh, and I don't get to choose. Pick a number from one to three. I've already put it in an order. Two. I'll take anything you got to give me. Just because you think it's uneven. What do you want? Uh, one. 
There you go. The biggest one. Here, That's spill. not the biggest spill. one. That's got more lemonade than anything. Ooh, Ooh. that vinegar is strong. Yeah. Why do we do this, you, you say, folks? For entertainment value. Yeah, I guess. I don't know if it's entertaining to them. If it's entertaining to you, please let us know. We're like the alcohol. Do we need to puke? Like, do we need to, like, chug, like, vinegar by itself? Spit in each other's mouths and, like, puke in each other's mouths or something? Like, what do you want, guys? I, c- I could do that. No, I'm not. Oh, shit, I spilled <laughs> oh, it on I my... Oh, I too. No, I've got vinegar on my pants. I smell like I douched. <laughs> yeah. This smells like a Saturday morning for sure. All right. So, uh, what do we cheers to? Why don't we just say, um, Dos Vedonia. I think that's how you say it. Yeah. All, All right. right. Cheers. Cheers. You bunch of idiots. With my plastic cup. You can't hear the oh. clink. Oh, that's bad. It's pretty bad. Woo! It's... Ah. I almost lost my lunch. Are you serious? Uh-huh. Yeah, the aftertaste is not working too well. Ah, oh, man. Oh, God. That was pretty bad. I'm going to drink some Jack Daniels. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Bad, bad situation. You're going to wash your mouth out with fucking Jack. Ah, much better. <laughs> uh. Ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, well, you that was it. Uh, we got, yeah. uh, you know, I, I don't know if you guys knew this, but apparently ghosts pee a lot. They do. And we just cupped it mm. and drank it. Sometimes they have sex and they get infections. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, if you do this, uh, I think you're pretty awesome, but it's kind of stupid at the same time. Uh, but we don't do this necessarily because we're trying to be a connoisseurs, a bar- bartista. Uh, we're just doing it because we're fucking idiots. And uh, I don't know, pure entertainment. It, yeah, if it makes good radio. Right, so, like, so should would, we do another one to see if you puke? Uh, I'm not going to puke. I, 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 I threw up earlier today. Yes. All right, then let's do a second one. No. No, don't, I, I, not no. the same shot. But if you got, where's that vodka? I'll drink that vodka. No, 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 no. Pat, come on. What? Dude, if you don't want it, don't have it. Don't. I don't want it. Then don't. Then don't, dude. You want it. I don't. <laughs> All right, guys. That's it for Horror Shots. Horror Shots. All right, Mike. You got something for us? I sure do. It's called the new... Here is the fucking news. So I'm gonna kick it off here with the news. Um, so there was a there was a uh, exclusive interview with Roger Corman on on Death Race oh, yeah, 2050. Dude. I'm so looking forward to it. Dread Central did it. It was actually it's it's a shorter interview, but it's actually pretty cool. And I guess Roger Corman was kind of talking about how the concept came about and kind of what they're going to be doing and when it's going to be released. So they they gave a release date. It comes out on Blu-ray, combo pack, DVD, and HD. Uh, digital HD, excuse me, January 17th from Universal Pictures Home Entertainment. So that means it's basically coming out in a, in a few days once you hear this, guys. Um, but uh, Roger Corman did an interview, and he was talking about how the death race, basically the concept of violence as entertainment, that you can go back to the you know the, the typical Roman gladiatorial games or bring up things like mixed martial arts, which are really violent as well as boxing, pro football, and so forth, he says. I think it's been with us forever, so the concept is universal with this update. I thought of bringing the spectators into the picture rather than just being observers this time. Now we came up with that idea, I thought. 
this is really good, but you can't take it too seriously. So it becomes something of a satirical political comedy. But above all, it's a car race. That one of the things that they that I like that they're doing in the new movie, whether I'm, I'm I haven't seen it yet, so I can't say what I think of it. Uh, I'm not expecting too much. I don't want to get disappointed. It can't be as bad as the other remake they did of it. Yeah, and I didn't actually mind that too bad. I didn't expect oh, it that to was be. With, what's his face? What's that English guy's name? It's Jason Statham. Mm. Jason Statham. Uh, I'll sound like the guy that knew what it was and didn't actually look it up and edit this out. Hey, cool. so you... Oh, dude, Alex, you knew it was Jason Statham? Yeah. Well, holy shit. <laughs> like, I'm so glad you knew that. Yeah, we didn't edit... Not edited at all. It's not. It's, it's uh. from your brain. Um, but yeah, Jason Statham did the remake in 2008, um, which wasn't really directly... It's similar in the fact that they're in prison, but it's not, it wasn't, well, no, it's not similar because they were in a prison. The The original one, Death Race 2020, and this is why you're getting confused, the original movie was was not in a prison. Do, they, do the characters share the same name, Frankenstein? Yeah, or yeah, they do a lot of the same names. Uh, Sylvester Stallone was in the original one. Oh, yeah. uh, they had all these different characters, different types of cars and shit like that, but really... Roger Corman talks about the original movie, and he said, The cars have all new designs to fit the characters. For instance, Frankenstein's car has been redesigned for the 21st century, and so the other cars represent advances in technology, too. For instance, one car is self-driving, a self-driving car, just like the ones being used today in the real world. Another car is driven by one of my favorite characters, Tammy the Terrorist, who is the leader of a cult. In it, terror is a religion and her car flings various explosive devices at people as she's driving along. Another car is driven by a rap singer, and the speakers are built into the car so her music plays as she drives. So the whole concept of the cars has been changed so that each each one mirrors the personality of the driver. I kind of felt like they were before, but not really, I guess. Well, this one seems like it's more like a twisted metal. Yeah, well, oh, the first really? one kind of was like that, too. Oh, well, the first remake you're talking about, right? No, the original movie. See, I never saw the original. If you haven't seen that, you need to watch that, Pat. That's that's classic Roger Corman right there. Right. Yeah, and it probably is where they got Twisted Metal from, where they... Oh, for sure. But anyway, I think it's pretty cool. I'm looking forward to seeing it. I'm not too super excited. I don't want to... Fu- I want to taper my fucking expectations by a lot. Yeah. Malcolm McDowell's in it. That's cool, but I have a feeling he's just going to have a bit part. Yeah. You know what I mean? If it's going to be likely. about the spectators or uh, whatever... Yeah. Um, some of the features that they're going to have in the Blu-ray, by the way, is the making of 2050. Cars, cars, cars go on the set with the, the drivers of the death rates 2050, so they show how they built them and everything. Uh, the look of 2050, an insider look at the how the film's visual style came together. So those are the three things that you can expect. I didn't see anything about commentary. You would think that they probably have it, they just didn't list it. Also, there is a short that was uh, on Indiegogo. It still is actually currently running. In fact, by the time the Indie campaign, Indiegogo campaign ends, it'll be on January 21st. Uh, so it'll just be a few days after this airs. It'll be that Friday uh, of this week. So, uh, But the remote viewing short, it's by creature designer Jordu Shell. Uh, it had a goal of about $35,000, and it's currently at about forty-one, forty-two as of Wednesday. So it's probably going to go up even more. But some of the designs that he did, he actually worked on Avatar, The Mist, Walking Dead, Edward Scissorhands, Predator 2. He's done character creation and concept art. 
and things like that that people would use in the movies. And he's been doing it for like 30 fucking years. Wow. And he's always wanted to be a director. So he wanted to do a movie that dealt with this remote viewing. You, they have a couple of teaser um, clips, and I'll. It's at the Indiegogo if you uh, watch it, or I can find a link for you guys, and you can check this out. But they're really kind of cool. Uh, he says in the video in Indiegogo that he's a huge Cronenberg fan. So he says the film has a, a very, very body horror element to it. And it looks like people are like turning their heads and like kind of looking like they're crazy. And the cover shows this like really disfigured like guy with a huge head, almost kind of like, do you ever see The Hills Have Eyes, the remake? Yeah. Yeah. Remember when the guy's singing in the, the wheelchair? And in the shit. wheelchair? Yeah. It's like that, only his head's like round, like an alien or something. Hmm. It's kind of creepy looking. That ends. On the 21st, uh, some of the things that you can get for it, they actually have some of his actual figurines and stuff that he's made. Oh, cool, dude. So you can actually pay it. Now, this aren't these aren't on the lower level kind of things, but these are one-of-a-kind items that you're never going to be able to get anywhere. So uh, so it's pretty interesting, though. Um, one of the, the one level that you can get uh, is $25, and that will give you a look behind the scenes with daily photos from the set. And you'll get a thank you and a digital copy of the movie. And if they get more money, they can, you know, open up the tiers a little bit more. And so this movie is going to be based around remote viewing? It's it's a short. Yeah. Oh, dude. It's not a feature length. Right. But, you know, he's got to start somewhere. And, and I think he's going to do... It looks really cool. Right. Like some of the footage I've seen, the two teaser trailers... Are pretty awesome. What, what's that guy's? I'm not sure if he's still alive or not, but he was one of the guys that they contracted in the. Would you say it was when they were uh, contracting people to do remote viewing for the government? I don't know that the name is, but I know that the government did fund a project to study remote. Eagle viewing. Eye. No, it was, it was like. Was in, that the name of the project? No, that's the Shia LaBeouf movie. It's one of the guys that came out <laughs> with a book about it, and he, he was probably one of the best remote viewers out there. Um, Ingo Swan. Okay. Well, uh, looks, I just find this shit very interesting. What, what I gather from the teaser trailers, and you guys tell us what you think uh, from the trailers, if we're spot on or if I'm spot on or not. But from the picture of the cover, it looks like this like really crazy looking, almost alien looking creature guy who has a huge brain, which means that he has got a lot of power to remote view. And so I think what's happening is not only is he remote viewing, but he's able to control these people to make them do things. Hmm. And if you guys don't know what remote viewing is, Google that shit real quick. It's interesting. If you had the power to truly remote view, what would you remote view? <laughs> I know where this is going, Mike. <laughs> You're like, I, I, I can see where this is going. Um, I don't know. I'd probably... Penis? Penis. I, you know, I might want to actually go <laughs> and check out the Russian hotel that... Trump was in where he was pissing, getting pissed on. <laughs> I'm just I'm, kidding. I'm, I'm, it was on the internet, right? Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so it's obviously, <laughs> yeah, because uh, you know, and journalism has gone through the roof on uh, integrity lately. Um, if you get a chance, check out remote viewing. Yeah, uh, the indie link is below. Seriously, even if you're not going to get a copy of the movie, I'm sure they're going to put it up at some point in time. Um, 
it is really good to support things like this because this guy could become a really great director for movies that you absolutely love. And just think you could be the person that actually helped them make those movies. Right. Yeah. So make, make that friend at the ground, ground level, dude. Yeah. <laughs> there is a new uh, movie that's coming out this week. It's called Bye Bye Man, the Bye Bye Man. Uh, oh, dude, I saw a meme. Did, I already saw a meme in regards to that. Really? It was like the pee-pee-poo-poo man. What? <laughs> the bye-bye man, I know. It's actually a... a I don't know if it's a, if it's a creepypasta thing or if it's like a... Um, an urban urban legend thing. Oh, okay. I don't know. But that's where I've... I've heard that before because a bye-bye man is like an old school thing or that I've heard. Well, I think it looks pretty good. The bye-bye man looks pretty cool. Um, I, at the first time I saw it, I was like, okay, this is kind of cheesy. This is kind of cheese dickery. And the second time I saw things I didn't see the first time, but the first thing that caught me off guard was like, there was this chick and she's like, I don't believe in him. Blah, blah, blah. And then she walks on the train tracks and turns and then the train hits her almost like you don't see it hit her. But I just, it reminds me of like Final Destination. Oh, cool. And so I like, I can't, I kind of want to just see it for that part alone. But the second time I watched it, there's like this fucking creepy ass head that's like coming out of the closet. And it looks like Freddy Krueger's face, only bigger. And it almost reminds me of like House. Like floating, like a severed head? It's just in the dark, in the closet, and it's just, you see this weird, fucked up, disfigured face. Dude. And it's like, Argh. Like, I don't know, he's like, he's almost like Freddy Krueger, but like, he can like, make other things happen or something. Oh. But essentially, this, the, the, the plot is, is that you can't think him. He's, it, they, what do they say? It says, uh... Don't say it, don't think it, don't say it, don't think it, don't say it, don't think it, don't oh, say it. Oh, yeah. They like, keep saying that throughout the whole fucking trailer. Kind of like a Candyman or Bloody Mary kind right. of thing. Yeah. yeah, if you say his name or think it, then you are infected with him, and he will make you start to see things, like fucked up things that your mind... The sl- oh, Slenderman. Maybe. You know, Slenderman. I'm not saying it's similar, but I mean, Slenderman was it another... It looks like it's got a lot of crazy shit in it, and it huh. may go really cheesy really bad, but I kind of just want to see it, so me and Christina are going to go see it. No, fuck it. It sounds great. So by the time you guys hear this, we'll have already seen it. And if you guys want to check it out, we actually have two links down below. One for the spoiler-free of The Bye Bye Man, and one of the spoiler uh, for The Bye Bye Man. So check that out now if you want. Also, Shout Factory is picking up uh, the old 80s show, arcade show, that was called Starcade. Oh, dude, I cannot wait. Yeah, it's pretty oh. cool. Shout Factories, and if you guys don't know this, they've been doing their like kind of like their own TV show, no. like channel on their website and through Amazon, where you can actually watch like content. They have like Monster Collector, uh, I think it's called Monster Collector, where they go and they collect para- like Monsters. horror, mon- like monster paraphernalia stuff that they they get from like horror co- like movie collectors. Oh, that sounds pretty cool. Stuff that they that they might find, you know, with signatures or like old posters and things like that and then they trade them stuff of their from their own collection but uh they basically the original show was about two contestants they would answer questions about video games at the time well stand up arcades pretty much because it was like 83 coin up they would answer two questions if they answer the questions then these were questions about arcade games though uh and like really legit questions too like you had to be a fan of games and really order to know it. And back then, we didn't have the internet, guys. So, you know, answering questions like this wasn't as easy as that. When they got the questions right, you would compete against each other on a game uh, that they had set up in the thing. And then they would try to, like, commentate while they were doing it, kind of. And, like, the audience would be cheering, I remember. 
Like, it's been a while. You're the yeah. one that's a big fan I, of I it. I gotta see yeah. it, dude. It sounds badass. No, it was definitely pretty fun. It was a fun show. I just hope they maybe keep, like, an 80s aesthetic to it, maybe, you know? I'm sure they will. I'm sure they're gonna do something. But either way, I mean, with as big as games have been in the past three years, four or five years even, um, it's gotten really popular, so you can imagine that something like this might actually do pretty well. Yeah, it might catch fire. Especially from, like, the older crowd that actually watch the show. Well, they, they they said they were gonna bring music into the into the mix too, right? I don't know. I didn't they didn't say anything about that. No, okay. I didn't see that. But I'll put the link down below if you guys want to investigate it a little bit more. But a little fun fact about the original show: Alex Trebek was the actual host um, <laughs> for the pilot episode. Huh. Then they had this other guy come on by the name of Mark Richards, and he was shortly then replaced because people weren't into him because huh. he just wasn't doing a good job by a guy named Jeff Edwards, who apparently made the show just amazing. And everybody loved it because of him, because he was really into the, the, the like information about it. Right. He was genuinely into the kids who were playing the games. And they, he was like, they were talking about, I was watching some uh, thing about it, and they were talking about how kids would be playing these games against each other, and it would be just like the loading screen or like, like the start it says press one player start and people would just be going nuts <laughs> like for no reason so it's like they didn't you could you could tell that they were kind of trying to find a way to like make it interesting right at the time but i think it would be kind of big now oh yeah definitely i think it'd do really good it'd be interesting to see that it'd be cool also, Cult of Chucky, an all-new spellbinding chapter of the Child's Play Thriller franchise. Oh, nice. It just began principal photography in Winnipeg, Manitoba, Canada, mm. on January 9th. Mm. So they showed some pictures of behind the scenes with some girl and some of the crew members. I still haven't even watched Seed of Chucky. Really? Well, I mean, it's not like you're missing a masterpiece. That's what I've I heard. <laughs> and that's like one of my favorite villains. Or He's up there. He's definitely up there. He's probably well. He was the first horror movie, you know, I ever that you saw got was, into. Chuck, was Child's Play. Yeah, that was the first movie you ever saw. Horror movie, <laughs> really? How yeah. old? How old are you? Yeah, <laughs> moving picture. Moving <No>, picture. <laughs> well, that's nice. not, that makes sense. I don't mean to make fun of you about it a little bit. I love bit. Chucky. I do, uh, but yeah, I just Chucky's cool, man. I just I think where it went is really discouraging. Yeah, it's like I enjoyed it nonetheless, but they took a really good scary concept and kind of went worse Screwed than, pooch, than yeah. Freddy Krueger. Well, we, okay, yeah, there you go. You know what I mean? Like, at least the concept of Freddy Krueger was, like, creative. Well, And then there was the new Nightmare where they decided to take it a little bit different. Which I didn't mind the new Nightmare. Yeah, it was actually well, a really it went good back movie. To, it fell back into Wes Craven's lap. Right. Uh, well, movie. yeah. And he, he had the right to take it wherever the fuck he wanted yeah. to. So. It's like, fuck you, this is my creation. Like, so we'll have, I don't know when that's going to come out. It'll probably come out next year or something like that. Uh, if they're just doing principal photography, like, it's early on. Um, if if, if uh, uh, Brad Dorf is still doing the voice, then I'll probably show up to see I it. don't know. That's a good question. Yeah. I, I don't know. I have to look I into that. I don't know why he wouldn't. Uh, He's also, still kicking, right? Yeah. yeah. All right. Also, <laughs> fuck you, 2016. <laughs> also in the news, Tom Holland is looking into putting the bite back in the new Fright Night sequel. Ooh. So there's a third one coming out from based off the original ones, not the new ones, uh, that he's huh. going to be putting out. And one of the quotes that he said, the only quote he said, almost finished with Fright Night 3, the novel. Uh, he also, in, it says, Holland also insinuated that Charlie and Amy will be back. 
Not sure who lives next door now, but I bet he has fangs. <laughs> so I, know, I guess they're trying to take it back, kind of like the original one. But if Charlie and Amy are back, hmm, that's interesting. But anyway, so the Fright Nights should be coming out eventually. He just wrote the novel, so I'm assuming he's turning that into a screenplay. Huh. Like, I don't know. So that's it for the news. <laughs> Okay, so there's a few movies that are going to be coming out on Blu-ray here. I'm just going to go through a few of them real quick for our uh, upcoming releases or new releases. Uh, one of them is I Bury the Living, which is going to be coming out April 25th on Blu-ray. It's the old Richard Boone movie, if you guys are fans of that. The Screaming huh? Skull um, is coming out on Blu-ray for April 25th. Tales from the Hood, April oh, yeah. 18th. I saw that in theaters, dude. Right? Yeah. And they actually... It was pretty are, good. Um, it looks like... Uh, I think Scream Factory owns this one, but Contamination Point 7 it was I like... I think I've seen that one. There's like a, they had the four-pack DVD of it on uh, from Scream Factory that I have, and it has Contamination on it, Cellar Dweller, Don't Go in the Basement, or some shit like that. Demented, April thir- 11th. Now, here's the thing that kind of perplexes me a little bit. I see that there's House two stories house one and house two the second story that are coming out on arrow but i thought that they were having the blu-ray collection of the four that was only in the uk right that was a strictly like uk release oh fuck you're right you're right it's only in the uk but it's just a matter of time before it release and i guess they're having this one release it's just part one and two on blu-ray i don't know whatever um, they've got Multiple Maniacs coming out March 21st. Uh, Firestarter getting a re-release, I guess, on Blu-ray from March 14th. Firestarter? Mm-hmm. Uh, on Incarnate, if you guys are fans of that movie, which we weren't too big of fans of, or at least me, March 7th. Uh, The Gate, which we didn't get to talk about last time, is the new Vestron collection, one of the new movies that they're going to be putting out on Blu-ray, so... The Gate is one of my favorite movies, so having that on Blu-ray is going to be nice. I hope they have part two. Oh, I, yeah, dude. The first is a classic. I got that, but man, I would love to see the second one. Right. And I've, it, I haven't seen it since theaters. Right. Yeah, no, I, I, I you saw The Gate 1 in well, theaters or no, the I second saw, one? I saw The Gate 2 in theaters. Me too. Yeah, I was pretty young. I was like, I think I was in middle school. I don't remember. I just remember going to it and being like, wasn't there a scene where like somebody turns something into shit or whatever? Yes. Well, everything they wish turns to shit. Yeah, that's what I remember. <laughs> and a lot of people don't know the second one. I was surprised by that. Damn, dude. Well, that's the. I remember the, the shit turning into the, the shit turning into shit. <laughs> but uh, yeah, didn't they turn into demons at the very end and have like this big fight? Um. Yeah. Pretty much. Yeah. Yeah. I remember Spoiled that for everyone. Uh, ah, the movie that I had talked about that I didn't get to see that was part of 2016 is We Are the Flesh is coming out on Blu-ray from Arrow uh, for $18.99 so far on Amazon, it looks like, which isn't bad. Um, but that's coming out February 14th. Stakeland 2 is getting a release on February 14th, the same day. Never saw the first one. I saw the first one. I just didn't. I didn't know that there was a second one coming out. I think the first one was pretty beefy. You've seen it. It was pretty. It was like. It, they turned vampires into like zombies, pretty much. Uh, yeah, like just, they were mindless. They weren't like charismatic no, lovemakers. You should check it out. It's a good movie. All right, cool. Uh, I, I mean, it's not amazing, but I, I think it's I think it's definitely worth watching. 
Uh, also, as a reminder, Anti-Birth is coming out February 7th. Oh, shit, really? Yep, on oh. Blu-ray. Um, Dude, we need to get some autographed copies. Right, yeah, I'll just send them out to Danny. That is fantastic. I, I'm sure he'll be like, I, you know what? Like, the way he made it seem like, he's like, yeah, and then your friends will come around and figure out, you know, like, that you're doing something finally. And that's so how it is when you're like... yeah underground you know what i mean right like your friends just don't care until it's like a thing and then it's on netflix and they're like oh you made that oh my god i saw your movie dude <laughs> yeah the one i've been promoting for a year and a half <laughs> go fuck yourself <laughs> uh layer the white worm and parents also coming from the vestron collectors series is coming out january 31st so keep your eyes out for that poltergeist two and three from Shout oh. fa- or Screen oh, Factory. Oh, cool, cool. The originals. Yeah, the uh, first one is out, but it's kind of hard to find now. So if you can get a copy, it's not going to be the best copy, and you'll probably have to replace it at some point. You're talking about the Ho- Toby Hooper one, right? Yeah. Okay, cool. Because the, the remake is is literally toilet worthy. <laughs> <laughs> they also are bringing out The Man Who Fell to Earth, by the way, the collector's oh, edition. Oh, shit. That's um, cool. Uh, makes sense. You know, Bowie passed away this yeah. last year, so. So the anniversary, wasn't his anniversary of death like... Or his birthday, like well, his like, death was like the eighth or the ninth, I think, of January. Shit! So we're like, we just, it just happened. It just happened, yeah. yeah. So that one's coming out January twenty fourth, though. And then the monster is coming out on January twenty fourth as well, and Blood Rage from Arrow. Um, other than that, the ones that just released would be Origin. Legion Origin Eagle just came out. Uh, origin of evil jesus christ <laughs> origin of weevils <laughs> weevils <laughs> slumber party massacre two and three from shout or scream factory a lot of the resident evil hellboy two and so on but that's pretty much it for the new releases and the upcoming releases segment so now we're gonna go ahead and kick it off for the flesh and potato segment Ooh, right now get ready All right, guys, now it's time for that spook house magic. Mm. Break out your EVPs. Ooh. Tune your psychic powers. Stick your hands in your pants and pull out what you got. To and work spill with. some ghost urine down your throat. <laughs> uh, now it's time we're going to jump into some spook house uh, movies. First of all, I just want to kind of talk about real quick, just like haunted houses and some of the earliest ones that maybe you remember before we jump into the ones we watched. Yeah. What do you guys think? Is there some? What was your first haunted house movie that you saw? Oh man, that maybe stuck out. It doesn't have to be the first one you saw because that's hard to remember. Well, the, yeah, House. House was one of the first ones you yeah. saw. Yeah. Huh. Okay. That's a good one. Yeah. That I, I actually want to do if they do the box set. I would love to do. I w- dude. Like a whole episode dedicated to one through four. You know, I've been waiting for the house episode, so I'm. Down. Yeah. No. 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 <laughs> We're we've been avoiding using it in our categories because of it. Right. What about you, Mike? Uh, early ones, I would have to say Poltergeist. Yeah. For sure. Uh, beyond that, uh, Amityville Horror, for sure. Yeah. And um, those are the those are probably the two that I first remember, and yeah. that and The Entity when I was younger. Oh, The Entity, dude. Yeah, that Fuck, scared I me. As a kid. I still haven't seen that. Well, that's the one with the, the ghost rapes a girl, right? Yeah. yeah, and they do the like whole handprint on the boob. Yeah, which is phenomenal. It's actually pretty cool for like its time. Yeah, and if you like ghosts and masturbating... 
<laughs> Thumbs up. Get two yeah. birds stoned at once. You know what I mean? It's just, just get it done. Jesus Christ. <laughs> but yeah, no, those are some of the earliest ones. Now, you've actually visited some haunted houses. Right? Oh, yeah. I've done a lot of paranormal stuff. And we're going to do a paranormal episode at one point. Right. But yeah, I have stayed at... And bringing up, like I said, the last episode I talked about the Velisca movie coming out. Right. You went to uh, the house. Uh, yeah. I, I stayed over at that place. Um, but yeah, like I've been to the... Uh, let's see... There's a place in town I've been to, like uh, it's not around anymore. It's a, it was used to be a gay club, okay. Or it, at least it was when I showed up. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> no, <I'm just> kidding. <laughs> There's that place I've been to the Stanley Hotel, uh, Birdcage Theater. I've been to a lot of places in Tombstone and and even in Bisbee and and whatnot. But yeah, okay. I've done plenty of of paranormal stuff. I've had a, a really I've had a lot of paranormal stuff and weird right. ghosts have happened to me, which is which is cool because when I watch these films, I can say that's bullshit, that's not real, that actually kind of creeps me out because it's kind of legit, right? You know, you ever so, got like ectoplasma on yourself? Well, <laughs> sometimes if I don't use Kleenex, <laughs> it's not ectoplasma. No, I don't, I, I, don't, I don't use Kleenex. I need like a brawny towel or like a beach towel or something. <laughs> I remember when I was a kid, I used to ride bikes out to like random places to try to find old houses in Maryland. Yeah. And I like went to an old abandoned like uh, train house and went into there and that was kind of creepy. And we were like pulling up the floorboards and found all kinds of shit under the ground that was like old as fuck. Um, and then I went into an old house out in Burkittsville where the Blair Witch was supposedly taking oh, place. Yeah, yeah. And we went into a uh, haunted house. Well, it was actually a church. And we went in, and they, like, had the pews, and they had sheet music everywhere, and it was just, like, kind of an old, run-down, fucked-up building. And I remember when we went there, we were going to this place called Spook Hill in Maryland. If you guys have heard of this, it's essentially a place, there's certain places in the planet where the Earth, you can park your, put your car in neutral, and it'll push it forward. Oh, that place. It's actually downhill, but you don't realize it. Because it looks like it's uphill, but you're really going downhill. So it was one of those places we went to to try to find. We couldn't find it. Is is that the place where like they say that uh, if you put powder on the back of your car, you can see handprints of kids pushing your car? Yeah, there's well, there's that one that uh, the Ghost Adventures. Okay, did that's too. what that's what I'm thinking about. But that is that that's a different one. That was over train tracks. Oh, oh yeah, that's a different one. It's but this one was called Spook Hill in Maryland, and it's in Burkittsville, I believe. But we found this old abandoned church and we we took our flashlights. We had flashlights with us and we went. And as we all went, there was like three flashlights and like five of us. And like as we went over the door threshold, all of the flashlights died. Yeah, fuck that. And we were like, awesome. What the fuck? Like they all like we had to shake them to make them work again kind of thing. Straight out of a fucking (laughs) horror movie, man. And it's not exactly a haunted house, but we... It was dark, and then we were using a Zippo and, like, going inside and looking around, and there was a basement, and it, I swear to God, it looked like the Blair Witch going down, and there was, like, satanic writing on the walls and stuff because, oh, like, Satanists had gone down. There. Well, not Satanists. It was probably just some kids that liked metal, and we're just trying to be like, you know, whatever. Slayer! <laughs> yeah. But, uh, yeah, that's about the closest thing I've had to, to a real haunted house experience, so... And- Mike, you said you went to a couple places out here. Did you ever go to that abandoned? I'm not sure if it's a horse track or a dog track. Uh, you're. It's. I don't know that it's supposedly haunted. I know exactly what you're talking about, but you can't really get in. you in there. They won't let you in there. Yeah. I mean, you you could break in technically, just show up and walk in. Right. But I don't think there's any sort of contact information. That you actually get in there. No. Hmm. 
But yeah, but but I'm gonna save all my stories right. and, and EVPs for the paranormal episode because I've had some actual legit happen, a shit happen, I should say. Right. Which is fascinating. Now let's kick it off into the spook house for the flesh and potatoes. Uh, we didn't I really, like potatoes. We didn't really talk about which order that we were going to do this in. Do you want to just kick it back to the earliest film that we were going to do and go in chronological order? It's really up to you. I can do whatever. I mean, well, what was the one? Let me see. What was one that you watched? Well, you I mean, you wanted you did the a movie called uh, The Haunting, with, and Pat watched some of, but we he wasn't able to watch the whole thing. Yeah, it's a. Uh, it's it's actually a really important film in regards, okay. not only in regards to uh, filmmaking, but uh, uh, horror in general. Okay. Well, that movie came out in what nineteen sixty three, right? I, I'm pretty sure sixty three is a Bob Weiss uh, picture. What's cool about it is, uh, first of all, it's based on a book written by Shirley Jackson called The Haunting of Hill House. Oh, and, really? Yeah, which is considered uh, by a lot of people not only generally it, myself because I've read the book a couple times, but I haven't. Yeah, it's considered one of the most I don't want to say the most, but one of the scariest books ever written. Uh, Stephen King said the same thing. He thinks it's one of the best horror books out there. Really? It's inspired him. <clears throat> oh, yeah, for sure. What What's cool about it, which you don't get out of a lot of films nowadays, because nowadays horror films are, I don't want to say lowbrow, but a lot of horror, horror films nowadays are more low budget and stuff like that. But this is back when the studios were putting a lot of money into horror films. Granted, it's from the 60s. You know what I mean? Right. But still, this was a bigger... It, from my understanding, was a larger budget horror film. Now, did Robert Weiss have a connection to this this book too, or did uh, he just get picked? I think he just got picked. I'm not quite sure. I just know that Shirley Jackson wrote the book, and he did the film. Well, Robert Earl Weiss is his full name, by the way. He was a director, producer, and an editor uh, for some time. If you guys aren't familiar with this guy, he did the, the Sound of Music, West Side Story, and Star Trek: The Motion Picture from 1979. Yeah. So, the, so those are some big, big. Big, big movies. Yeah, so imagine a guy like that, like, making a horror film. You know right. What I mean? It's legit. Not only that, but it's heavily uh, sampled by a lot of people. There's a sample you can hear from Rob Zombie. Right, yeah. You know, Supernatural isn't something that's supposed to happen. It's something that does happen. Yeah, and when we'll link the trailer below, too, for you guys. The very first thing that they say in the trailer is literally on the Rob Zombie thing. The other thing it does, too, that's cool, that's in regards to the paranormal, It uh, they talk about cold spots and stuff i don't want to say historically accurate i don't like to use that term but it's very if it's used today what's up the cold spot thing oh i know that's kind of what i'm getting to it's not like a modern movie in regards to the paranormal where you see this ghost flying out of a closet and you know i mean it's it's actually pretty damn close to how you know paranormal investigating really is today okay so it's pretty close and uh the other thing too is huge influence on um sam raimi there's some sequences in the film that you can literally see where he almost verbatim copied and used in Evil Dead and Evil Dead 2. Interesting. And I wish I... God. I watched so many other movies trying to have like oh, an entourage of stuff. Uh, some that I want to talk about, some I don't. <laughs> some are bad. Um, but go ahead. Continue on. Please. No, it's, it's pretty much it. And the other thing, too, that it had, which you don't get out of a lot of modern... I would say a lot of modern film in general, but it had insanely cool framing. Uh, the, 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 the photography was, was fascinating. It's literally like old school style filmmaking where like you could seriously like pause any frame in the film, print it, put it on the wall and be a fucking, uh, uh, masterpiece. So the so director of photography. That's one thing I love about Wrigley Scott. He's definitely oh, one of those directors. Correct. Correct. Cause he's old school. Oh yeah. Yeah. 
Well, it's like a painting. Right. Yeah. So there's one other thing that's really interesting about the film. Okay. Uh, it's, if you've ever been in the Haunted Mansion at Disneyland. Nope. Never. Oh, dude. Oh. Never have I either. Are you serious? <laughs> Dude, I'm, I'm going to take you motherfuckers to Disneyland. Well, yeah, I mean, I have I skipped over it in Florida because my parents tricked me to go to Magic Mountain. Oh. And it scared the piss out of me. And they were like, let's go to the Haunted Mansion. I was like, fuck you. But there, there's a sequence uh, that always used to scare me as a kid in the Haunted Mansion at Disneyland that is directly, they, they pulled from the movie. Okay. So basically, like, not only is the movie influenced on uh, Evil Dead and stuff like that, it's also influenced on, you know... They pulled influence to uh, create the Haunted Mansion. Okay, that's cool. That's interesting. Yeah. I love the inner monologue that she had with herself. I just love it when movies do that. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's literally a film that, like, if, if you like horror films and if you like ghost movies, you need to, like, stop everything and go watch this movie. Not only the movie, but sit down and watch... Or not watch the book. I mean... <laughs> <laughs> you just look at the book. Well, it's a picture book. <laughs> I mean, I mean, uh, read the book. It's a, gr- it's a great book. And it, it actually is like... Like when I was watching this movie, I was literally... I had goose flesh. It's, really? It's creepy, dude. Hmm. It's if, if I have to pick... I've a, seen it before, but it's been a long time. I'm yeah, definitely going to have to go back and watch it. You said about... Yeah. The thing about Evil Dead. I, Do you have any favorite scenes in that movie that you actually uh, enjoy? Yeah. The, uh, what the film does is kind of interesting, and uh, I'll bring it up later when we talk about other films. It's broken up between day scenes and night scenes. Okay. The day scenes are just a lot of talking, and it's kind of slow, you know, pacing, because it's an older film. But the night scenes are very, very, very Sam Raimi. Okay. So anything that takes place at night is like, recognize that. Not only that, but uh, did you ever see the remake, a John DeBont's remake? Yeah, uh, you know the one with what's her name? I can't. Catherine Zeta-Jones. Yeah, you know, and Owen is that Will- her? And Owen Wilson. Catherine. Yeah, Zeta-Jones. that's right, because it was kind of campy. Yeah, the remake was okay. Yeah, it, know, didn't, it, it didn't scare me. There's too much CGI. Yeah, and, shit. and uh, I still like it because it's it's campy fun for like a Saturday morning, you know, eating some pizza, right? You know taking I mean? a shit, taking a shit, masturbating, <laughs> whatever. I don't know, but yeah, it's. The original is a, is a very important film, I think, in regards to horror. Okay. Well, I watched um, a movie that came out in 73. It's called The Legend of Hell House. Oh, I actually read that book as well. Dude, it's actually a pretty cool movie. Like, I, have, I haven't seen it for a while. It kind of reminds me of, like, it's it's got, like, a really cool concept for it. And I'll get into that in a second. But first off, it's directed by John Hugh, who did The Watcher in the Woods and Escape to Witch Mountain, the original. Not the fucking rock, Dwayne the Rock Johnson (laughs) fucking abomination. Um, But it was also written by Richard Matheson, who wrote a lot of episodes for The Twilight Zone. Duel, he wrote the movie Duel. Well, he wrote the original uh, novel. Novel, that's what I'm saying. Well, he did the movie, though. He he wrote the screenplay for that. Okay, cool. Um, Yeah, because Hell House is like, uh, shit, yeah, I didn't even think about that one. Yeah, he also wrote I Am Legend. And then also it was starring Roddy McDowell. Who was the guy, the Planet of the Apes guy, and he also did Fright Night One and Two. I, I think he's one of my favorite characters in the in the movie. Uh, but this movie did some things in it that were kind of like edgy for its time. Yeah, for sure. It's kind of like it's like before Entity did its thing too, uh, which was like rape, rape ghosts. You know what I mean? They had like rape ghosting <laughs> in this. But uh, uh, the story is about a physicist, Lionel Bar- Barrett. And his wife that lead a team of mediums into the Belasco house, which is supposedly haunted by the victims of its late owner, a six foot five serial killer. 
he used to have all these parties in this house, right? With all these depraved motherfuckers. And there's a scene in the movie where Roddy McDowell's like, there's a girl, there's like, uh, there's two mediums. Roddy McDowell's like the physical medium. He can like move shit with his mind. He's a psychic, but they call him a medium. He's a physical medium. And then she's like the mental medium. So she can like read the future and talk to like ghosts and shit like that. Oh, nice. Um, And then there's this physicist and his wife. And it's like the four of them. Uh, in this movie, in the past, they used to have these parties of debauchery, and she's like, "Well, what did they do here anyway?" And he's like, "What did they not do? <laughs> debauchery, rape, bestiality, like all these fucked up things." And you're like, "Damn, Rowdy, Rowdy, or Roddy, Roddy McDowell." Um, but uh, it's he's really intense in the movie, and there's some really cool liking scenes. But essentially, the story is about these psychics that go there and they're trying to prove whether or not that this, that this issue is still there or not because it's this legend. So this house is pretty fucked up, right? It, like it has a history and they did a lot of stuff and they, she's, that's what she said. She's like, how did this house get so evil? They bring Rowdy, Roddy McDowell back. He was one of the only people to survive at this party because they found this house. Everyone died. Like everyone either went crazy or died. Some of them, all of them had their legs broken and shit like that. And they like crawled out the front door uh, or they just lost their mind and never came back. And he was the only one that was able to escape without having anything fucked up with him other than his emotions. So when he goes back, like there's like shit starts to happen and they don't and like the physicist guy doesn't believe it. You know, he's trying to prove against it. Yeah. Like all this like tables are shaking and jumping down. He still doesn't fucking believe it. He's like, he thinks, he believes, and this is the part that kind of got me. He believes in the psychic shit more than the ghost shit. He's like, oh, they're just doing it. It's not really ghosts. I don't want to ruin and spoil the whole story, but there is a part in the movie where they, a ghost basically has sex with one of the, the other medium, and she invites him in kind of thing because he won't leave her alone. And it's kind of fucked up. <laughs> like, <laughs> there's like, like, she gets attacked and brutally hit and all kinds of shit in this movie, and it's really intense and i think it's well shot like everything's like really well set up um a lot of it's kind of sexual it's quite sexual actually well, i should hope so if there's rape in it well i mean they don't like it's not like a porno i mean but yeah i mean it is it just has that air about it in the 70s i guess that they used to do stuff like that well yeah, i think it really is too like i mean not to like derail the conversation but i think we had house the you had the haunting of hill house then you had you had house on haunted hill and then you had this one, The Haunting of Hell House. Right. It's just like anything we get nowadays, you get one movie that's popular, and then everybody else has they to try either. to redo it. Yeah. yeah, I think that's what it is. You it's might be right. Copy. They did tone down the graphic violence in the movie and more intense sexual scenes from the novel, I guess, to give the screenplay for the film a more brooding atmosphere instead of a direct kind of thing. Uh, and also the film was released in the U.S. with a PG rating, but in the UK, it for some reason, and this is the weird part, it got an X rating at first. <laughs> Damn. It's like, what? It's pretty hardcore. Yeah, like, I guess it was pretty advanced for its time. But Richard Matheson, he wanted Richard Burton and Elizabeth Taylor to star in the film originally, but it didn't, they weren't able to get him. Yeah. Probably because it was too much money and yeah. chill out, writer. You know? <laughs> I'm sure he had a lot of creative control over the story and yeah. everything. Air but... quotes. Air quotes creative. Yeah. <laughs> kind of curious to see what it would have been like with the more graphic violence 
and sexual situations. Like I kind of wish I could just see the 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 project that they would have done because in a way this movie was kind. Well, I wouldn't say it's like scary because there was just shit just happening right off <laughs> off the bat. It wasn't like this slow build up. It was like shit just like, you know, flew at this guy and slammed against the thing and the chandelier tries to kill him. And it's just like pretty balls to the wall. Hmm. And they use some sort of like machine that kind of reminds me of what they use in the Ghost Adventures. That they put that sound that changes the the atmosphere to open up portals and shit. Do you know what no. I'm talking about? I think I do. Well, they use this machine that's like the reverse of that, so it closes everything up and huh. and takes the energy out of the air and all the ghosts and spirits and sucks them up, basically. So I thought that was really interesting. So it's kind of like one of those advanced, like, where they tell too much science in the movie instead of going for the atmosphere. So uh. it was like a precursor to Ghostbusters. <laughs> I don't know about that, but, <laughs> but it just seemed like it had like a more mainstream appeal to it at the time, even though it was done in a style that was indie. Uh, I'm pretty sure I've seen it before because I have read the book, and I'm pretty sure I saw the movie. Right. Was it uh, color or was it black and white? It was color, yeah. Okay. I don't think I remember it. I think I need to see it. It's pretty cool. I I mean, it wasn't my favorite of the ones that we watched, but I definitely enjoyed it. No, that's cool, man. That's cool. One of my favorite scenes was, was Roddy McDowell. He was like freaking out. He had this really overdramatic emotional scene where he's like screaming at the top of his lungs and sitting in a chair and like kind of like going nuts. And I think what they were trying to do is like he was so good with his mind to prevent the evil from getting in his mind and and making him go crazy because he had been there before and experienced it, that they were trying to show the internal struggle. But it just felt kind of like out of place a little bit, even though it was still really cool. But that was, like, one of my favorite scenes. Anyway. Oh, it's cool. What about you, Pat? Oh, the movie I chose was Changeling. And I pretty much chose this movie because of uh, George C. Scott. He's fantastic. Yeah, he's he's definitely a good actor. I don't think this is his best role. No, it's not his best role. But interesting movie nonetheless. Uh, Interesting tidbit about this movie, actually, is uh, the screenplay is based upon events the writer Russell Hunter had inside this house. Yeah. Which is, I wonder what actually, like, what parts were factual from the movie. The whole, a lot of it. Yeah? I actually know the entire story. Really? Yeah. So, uh, go for it, oh, my yeah. friend. Uh, well, first off, let's, first of all, the movie came out in 1980. It was directed by Peter Medak, who was the director of Species 2. He, oh, cool. He did uh, Twilight Zone, seven different episodes between 1985 and 87. Those were some of the bigger notable ones I saw. Uh, and then, like you said, George C. Scott, who is from Exorcist 3, which I really love. Right. The story about the changeling, uh, which is a true story, like Pat said. Uh, Patrick, sorry. <laughs> a man staying at a secluded historical mansion, who is a, he's a musician, he's like a composer. He finds himself being haunted by the presence of a specter, and that's essentially the short version of it. But do you want me to tell? Like, I, if I tell the whole thing... Give it right. up. Who cares? Basically, this is based on a real legit like life experience that this this writer had. And I'm going to link you guys down in the in the information so that you can read on this entire story, if you because it has a lot of spoilers because it's almost verbatim of the movie. There's really? only like just minor changes to it. That's crazy, dude. Yeah, this is the facts of the matter. Okay, guys. In 1968, composer Russell Hunter removed from New York into Henry Treat Rogers Mansion near Chessman Park in Denver, Colorado. Now, this took place in Seattle in the movie. But it it's it originally took place in Denver, Colorado. 
He would later claim in an interview that he had rented the estate for the unbelievable price of $200 per month because no one else wanted to live there. In February 1969, Hunter began experiencing strange phenomena in the house, and it started with an unbelievable banging and crashing every morning at 6 a.m., right from the movie. That stopped whenever Hunter would get out of bed. Doors opened, closed by themselves, faucets turned off and on, walls vibrated so violently that they knocked paintings to the floor. But as he investigated these strange disturbances, Hunter claimed to have found a hidden staircase at the back of an upstairs closet. The narrow, narrow passageway led to a secret room where Hunter found belongings, including a journal of a young boy who had lived in the house a century ago. Hunter poured through the journal contents and conducted a seance to piece together the paranormal puzzle. He discerned that the resident ghost was a sickly child who once lived in the home and had been the heir to the fortune from his grandmother before succumbing to his infirmity. Uh, the boy's parents were worried his inheritance might pass to another family member if word got out about his death. So, the scrupulous couple buried their dead son in an unmarked grave in a field southeast of Denver. Then they adopted a boy from a local orphanage to pose as their child, who accepted the inheritance and later went on to great wealth and success. Crazy, right? This right. is a true story, supposedly. That's fucking insane. And according to Hunter, um, the ghost boy directed him to an unmarked grave. So this is where it gets a little different, where he was buried. Right. And they found the pendant with his name around it. And they linked it back and it like unlocked this case. Like, so this is like legit shit. So it's like, like wow, crazy dude. that it's like the closest interpretation of a, of a ghost movie that I've ever heard of. Usually when you see based on a true story, they <laughs> bastardize everything. everything. Oh, of course. They do. Oh, yeah. So supposedly, I mean, there's some stuff in the movie that actually did happen. Like the kid had the rubber ball. Like in the movie, the rubber ball bounces down the stairs and it's creepy as fuck. Yeah. Like, that scene really freaked me out a little bit. <laughs> well, was, the sound, dude. The sound of that fucking thing coming down the stairs was Dude, George creepy. C. Scott is a badass. Because if that shit happened around me, I'd be out the door. I probably would have broken out a window or something like that out of scared. <laughs> you know what I mean? Oh, like, ah! Sure, By yourself in a house that's, like, huge as fuck, and you've never lived there but for, like, a couple of weeks... Yeah. And all of a sudden, you're hearing banging on the walls at 6 a.m. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm glad it's at 6 a.m. because at least there's light out. You know what I mean? Like, but I don't know. Yeah, that's pretty much the whole the, the whole shebang right there. You just told the whole story. I, um, as far as how I liked it, I, I didn't really have a favorite scene. Oh, I had a quite a few. I thought I, I didn't really. Nothing stuck out to me that was like that's my favorite scene. What about me? Did you watch it, Mike? I I didn't uh, actually. I didn't see it again, but I've seen it in the past. Oh, uh, okay. And it is. I did really dig it when I saw it. I did think it didn't have any like down. You know, it was all kind of just slowly going up instead right. of just teetering. Well, George C. Scott plays a guy that's just not scared of fucking ghosts, man. Yeah. He hears too. a noise and he's like, hey, I wonder what's up here. You know, like, <laughs> fuck that, dude. Would it, wouldn't it take you some nerve to, like, get up there a little bit? It depends. He just charges on up there. He's like, I wonder what that is. I'll just go up here into this dangerous area. <laughs> oh, sound of a, somebody sharpening a knife. Yeah. Probably go upstairs. <laughs> it's like, damn, George C. Scott, slow your roll, bro. <laughs> Uh, but you know the movie name The Changeling has always been kind of a big question why people why he called it The Changeling because when I think of the name The Changeling I think of something 
demonic. Or, I don't know, like or, or like cha- like a changing. shapeshifter or something. Yeah. Well, that's what a changeling is. Well, it says here that the title, as per this definition, at Wikipedia is defined as being a creature found in European folklore and folk religion. It is typically described as being the offspring of a fairy, troll, elf, or other legendary creature that has been secretly left in the place of a human child. Sometimes the term is also used to refer to the child who is taken. It is the swap child, meaning of the term that is the relevance of the film story. Interesting, I thought. He, he calls them a changeling at the end. Right, which is weird because no one uses that. Right. <laughs> like, it's not a common word. Like, oh, he's a changeling. Like, who the fuck says that shit, you know? You know, you brought up fairies and shit, and I was thinking the other day while I was reading something, do you know that, where is it, Iceland? They actually believe in fairies. Yeah, I believe. (laughs) I believe. The green fairy? (laughs) Director Martin Scorsese included this in one of the... uh, One of his top 11 scariest horror films of all time, which The Haunted... uh, The Haunting was one of those same movies from him. For sure, I believe it. The house seen in the movie, in real life, doesn't actually... And it never existed. (laughs) <laughs> the one in uh, The Changeling? Yeah. they uh, The filmmakers couldn't find a suitable mansion to use for the film, so at the cost of around $200,000, which is pretty expensive, I guess, for a prop, <laughs> uh, the production had a Victorian Gothic mansion facade attached to the front of a much more modern dwelling. Interiors of the haunted house were an elaborate group of interconnecting sets built inside the film studio in Vancouver. So that's pretty good, man. They did yeah, a really good, did job. A good job. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, like the adornment and shit on the fucking on the doorways and stuff, like right. looked legit. Like, damn. So two hundred thousand back then, in nineteen eighty. I mean, I guess that would be pretty good money right now. Oh, for yeah. sure. As far as this movie, the, my I would say the most haunting scene in the movie. There's couple. There's quite a few, but the most eerie is when the ball goes down the stairs. Yeah. George C. Scott's like, yeah, what the fuck is that? That's weird. <laughs> I'll just pick it up and look well, up the stairs ominously. And then Although he, he did do the thing I would have done, because he grabs the ball right to that, and then fucking you would grab drives out to the nearest bridge and fucking chucks it out. Yeah, but that's a little weird, don't you think? I mean, if a ball rolls down the stairs, the first thing that goes through your mind isn't, you know, I should go find a bridge and throw this off. He's like, I don't want this <laughs> thing to come back. But, but what, it only came back once. It was like it fell down the stairs, and then he was just like, I'm going to go to a bridge. And then he just went to a bridge and threw it off. Right. And then when he comes back, he's like in the study, and he hears the ball go down again. And he's like, he just stares like an idiot. Like, oh. <laughs> like that's the first time George C. Scott shit his pants, like live in the movie. <laughs> live. <laughs> live from New York, George C. Scott is shitting his pants. Yeah. He backed up. He was like, oh, fuck. But that part really did kind of creep me out. Was I was watching creepy. it. I watched it last night, like at like three in the morning. Oh wait, no, you know what? I take it back. Now that I'm I'm thinking about the film and all the scenes, I I really like the psychic scene, where she's asking the ghost questions and she gets the paper in her heart. Her hand oh yeah, and he's like moving. all skeptical about uh, it. Oh, you mean she's doing automatic writing? Is that yeah. What's... yeah, yeah, like her hands moving and as she's asking questions, then she starts writing. Oh, cool. that's a real thing. They they actually there's some some mediums actually do that. I have oh, a, really? I have a friend that does that. It has actually done that on investigations that I've been with her on. Really? Yeah, it's pretty. They touch upon that in The Conjuring too a little bit. Yeah, they sure do. Uh, with uh, Lorraine Warren. Yep. I don't know if she really did use writing. Did she use writing? I don't remember. I don't know if she actually did that or not. She uh, most likely she probably did. 
I don't know for okay. sure because I don't follow them. Uh, but but yeah, I know people that do it. Okay. Well, and something that we wanted to talk about that we briefly talked about, and we've been meaning to kind of bring it up, and I think we might have mentioned it in one of our other casts, if you guys have been following along, like good little listeners. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> no, like good fucking friends. Thank you. Um, no, but you, Mike made a movie. What year was it? I think 2007. Well, tell us about it. Okay. Well, You're the best knowledgeable most, I mean, I watched the movie, obviously. He's like, but, I got a drink. Well, I'm going to have a drink. Yeah, yeah I got to have a drink to talk Fuck, about Fuck, we're going to talk about this. I thought he was reaching this. for his notes. Yeah. My notes. <laughs> he's ragging, He's grabbing a gun. What's it down? Put it down. No, no, no. <laughs> Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, no. no. <laughs> Death of a ghost hunter. Well, yeah, I was gonna say like I actually did. Uh, uh, I did a couple films. Um, and Death of the Ghost Hunter is a ghost house, spook house. I'm sorry, spook house film. Spook yep. house film. God, I don't know what to talk about about it. I mean, because I can tell anything. Well, no. First of all, let's tell us when you made it, what uh, it was about. Okay, it's called Death of the Ghost Hunter, but that was not the original name. What was the original name? Uh, I can't think of the original. Name. <laughs> have you oh, uh, have you talked to the writer uh, about uh, it? Well, <laughs> it's called. Uh, I mean, you have you uh, talked yeah. to yourself? It's called. It was originally called The Third Night on Winter Drive. Oh, because we really, really were into kind of um, a subtle name. Well, we were into like uh, Last House on the Left, right? Because it was at the time where I was really into like seventies exploitation and stuff, right? Okay. But when we produced the film and put it together, the distro company didn't like the name. They thought it wasn't marketable enough, so we had to change it to something that kind of explained what the film was about. That's why we went to Death of a Ghost Hunter. Okay. But what it was is well, like, first of all, who directed it? Uh, who Sh- wrote it? What did you do in it? Uh, uh, Sean directed it. Sean. Sean Treda. Okay. And uh, I co-wrote it. Uh, him and I wrote it together. Okay. And I was in the film. Yeah, he acted. It's funny. Yeah, it's, it's hilarious. That, that's, <laughs> that's how good I was. And I, and what's funny is, like, I didn't act in it because I was like, hey, let me act in this movie. It was more like, hey, we can't afford to hire another actor, so... I'll do it. Uh, I guess it's going to be me. <laughs> but, uh... There's, there's a lot of stuff that's really interesting about the film. I mean, it is about ghost hunting, and I can go into detail about the writing process, that what we did, which is really cool. Sure. Well, but, what's the story about, first off? Uh, it's about uh, this ghost hunter that gets hired to investigate this house that's supposedly haunted, because the guy who owns the house, who inherited it, wants to know, you know, what the fuck is up with this supposed haunting. Right. You know? So the guy hires this, this chick to come to investigate, mm-hmm. and a few other people... Uh, like this uh, reporter guy, this pr- reporter female, I should say. Oh, yeah, so they can get like an unbiased opinion sort of yeah. thing. Yeah, because <laughs> that's how media works. <laughs> uh, no, he, he hired a group of people to come and investigate the house. And what's interesting, which I didn't really know this at the time, I didn't think about it, it's very, very similar to The Haunting that we just mentioned earlier. Oh, okay. It's a very similar plot. I, I want to rip apart independent film right. and say how shitty it is and stuff like that. Right. But I, I can't because I've been there. And this is not a good film. Right. I, I don't want. I hate saying that. It's an okay film, and th- this is why I say okay. Okay. You know, like I, I. Okay, I listened to a review of someone earlier today on YouTube, right? Okay. And the guy tore it apart, but like I was saying, everything he said, I kind of fucking agreed with. <laughs> you know, that's pretty honest and nice of you. Well, it's, to not get all defensive about it. Well, because like, if you complain about the acting, you know, right. what I mean? I'm not an actor. I just did it because we didn't have the money to pay anybody else. Right. All the other actors in it, it was the same way. Right. You know, 
we we wanted to pay them and we had a price we paid them but we couldn't pay we couldn't really pay more than that because this was our budget right you know and you have to shoot stuff quickly because you need to stay within your budget right so i can't afford to hire an entire crew to light a scene when right. we need to shoot 50 scenes in a day yeah because that's how it works how long did you shoot it over uh, like about a, a week really. a week wow a, a week and, and, and you said you I, you stayed at sean's house right you shot yeah, it in his we, house we shot it at his parents house right <laughs> and uh <laughs> that's funny and well this is what this is what people don't understand and this is what's really important about it i think okay is um it's it's been released on dvd re-released on dvd blu-ray and i'm pretty sure this had theatrical in like japan and japan shit. or something like that yes right. some, you know and you know how much it cost us to make how much probably forty five hundred dollars <laughs> And give or take. It, give or take. I know, yeah. but and that's including uh, all the outside stuff. You know what I mean? Like afterwards and before. Yeah. During. So it's like people will watch it and say, "Oh, this acting sucks." Well, we can't afford to to pay anybody else because this is the budget. I watched the movie with you, didn't I? Yeah. yeah well, like we one did. of the first times we. It's like we, me and Mike have known each other for a really long time. Yeah. But we didn't know each other. Yeah. Oh, I know what you mean. Like, I, you, you were always an acquaintance. You yeah. Know we mean? always saw each other at clubs. We were in the same sort of profession. I met him even, I met you even before then. Yeah. And there was that time in the. Before the, me, I did started doing it anyway. There was that time in the bathroom with the glory hole. Right. Oh. Yeah. And I sucked you off. And wait, what? <laughs> <laughs> no. Uh, but yeah, no. But I've known Mike for a long time. And yeah, we yeah, watched yeah. it when it was like one of, it was like he brought like a bunch of movies over we ate pizza and like just talked about what we wanted to do and just talked about horror and stuff and i watched it and i i actually didn't mind the movie too much i can see where maybe like somebody wouldn't like it for sure oh yeah. i was probably being a little more open to it obviously because mike <laughs> but, you, but but what i can say is like it, what's what's tough about the film is being that it was involved from the writing process on all the way through production yeah. i can tell you anything you want to know about the film right like anything so I would say ask me any question and I can tell you exactly Fuck. where it comes from. Oh, why don't you tell them about the part? There's a scene in the movie where they all get high and they're like sitting in the room like you and one of the, the reporter trick. Oh, uh, uh, Yvette Sandoval is the, the name in the, the, the film, but I forget her actual name. I it was all like um, off the top. Like, and to be honest, like I hate to say this. But that segment where you guys were in, where like they were, they, he was like, I gotta join you, you wanna smoke? And she was like, fuck yeah, let's smoke. And they go to smoke and then they go upstairs and they're supposed to be investigating, but they're laughing at shit. Like the whole scene is all improv. No yeah. shit. The entire thing. And Mike had his own handy cam and he's like holding it around and like they're sharing the camera. And the whole the whole scene was just them ad libbing and just like going with it. It was the most genuine part of the entire movie. No, that's. <laughs> I t I'm totally behind that. And right. I wanted, and, and this is the thing, and, and uh, I would be different nowadays than it would have been back then. Because, sure. Because back then, I didn't want to, I could have gone further. I was trying to be like, like my mind went there, but I stopped. Right. I, I didn't want to be too dirty, you know, because right. I've had issues with stuff. Like, well, it was a very flirtatious scene. Yeah, but it was just, it was just fun, and she was really fucking cool. The actress is awesome. She's badass. Right. And, uh, too bad it wasn't real pot, you know. <laughs> <laughs> kind of would have made sense, you know. I've heard of like movies being shot where they actually do smoke, like Evil Dead. Yeah, that's what I, that's what it was. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Well, I heard they did the same thing in Half Baked. Real? Wow, well, I don't know. 
I don't. It doesn't surprise me. Well, let me ask you this. I don't want to get too much further into this. Um, okay. Why don't you just kind of wrap up, like, essentially what what the good and bad, like the good about it that you liked in the story, maybe, and what the bad part about it was for you. What I liked about it was it was really cool working with Sean, but uh, it was interesting because we had just wrapped production on another film that had just got released that we dealt with. Okay. So we rolled right into another film and. Uh, felt premature not not premature but like uh i had to keep telling him like dude we need to make a paranormal film we need to make a paranormal film and he was like no 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 that's stupid no 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 whatever and i had to give him all these episodes of ghost hunters to watch okay and then when he started watching ghost hunters he's like fuck this is a great idea i'm like well yeah dude so then i remember this whole process of like convincing him that like paranormal movies are like legit and they're fucking scary right and he started getting into it and then it was this this crazy process of writing it. I mean, I used to come out when I used to work at America West Airlines because this was at the time I worked for America West. And I'd uh, come out on break and call him like, hey, I got this idea. Let's make the film about this and let's do this. And this is this is the pro- the writing process. And then uh, the other thing, too, people might – when people may bitch about the writing of the film. Right. You know, one person didn't write it. What we did was we split it up by pages. I would be like, I'll take pages 16 through 19, and you take 18 through 24, or whatever. And then I would just write like clips of scenes, you know. And there's a lot of stuff in the movie I wanted to. And then do. you just blend them together. Yeah, we would just shuffle them together and just make it work. One of the things I want to point out that I, I I'm just now recalling is this the one where they had to put the box on their head? That was completely my idea. That was awesome, dude. In the box that you made. With the cross on it and shit, it was like a Bible pictures or some shit. Yeah, because I wanted some scene where, like, explain it, the box so people know what we're talking okay, about. The, the idea is that this guy is like this wacko preacher right. that that has people over to his house and he brainwashes them and stuff, uh, almost like serial killer style. And I wanted this thing where somebody would like an old. Uh, Moviola, I don't know what you call it. Where yeah, like, I know what you're talking about. Yeah. Where you, it's like the film thing. Where yeah, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, so I wanted something that someone could stick their head in and like see it. Uh, you know, obviously that's what. Yeah. <laughs> kind of like, kind of like, um, video drum when he puts that helmet on. Yeah, it has very similar to that, but it, it more of a wooden box, antiquey kind of thing. Yeah, so so we developed this thing. It's like this box you put on your head. And clamp it down in front of you, and it has like pictures of Jesus and stuff, and you could f- swap out like a, like a viewfinder for like for each eye too, right? For each eye, yeah. yeah. But yeah, I still have the renderings, the drawings I made of it uh, prior right. to production. And there's other stuff too. This is why, and this is not knocking Sean at all because Sean's actually kicking ass. Right. What he's doing, but I had all this like I I, I had this idea I wanted to make uh, where the preacher guy had a, a cross. But the bottom of the cross was a giant fucking dildo, <laughs> and he would fucking rape the chicks with the fucking cock. That was the priest guy, yeah. or the father that was into cock. Yeah, and he thought it was too bad. You know what else was funny? The guy who was the actor who played the priest, he's a really nice dude. But yeah, I, I don't know who the actor was, but there was something else I wanted to bring up that I just remembered. Bring up whatever, because I Mike lo- did the music in this as well. Oh, this and is And he bad. is so... <laughs> he was telling me, and all I can remember is like, ding! Ding ding! <laughs> it's literally three notes the entire movie. Well, what happened was, is like, I, 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 I told Sean, I'm like, here, here's some con- conceptual ideas for the music. I made some like 
10 second clips and 30 second clips because I wanted to show him like hey yeah, dude, after they shot the movie yeah this is at the this is in post production oh. but he you know I said like hey let me know what you like and then I can make a full track right but he wound up taking it and just looping it for the entire film yeah <laughs> so when you listen to the movie you're like why is this so fucking repetitive it's because it's it's a it's a scratch track that you were just supposed to like give me input on yeah he I can't believe he did that that's so funny though like all I kept thinking when I was watching the movie is ding 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 <laughs> but you know I think the reason he did it though was it we I think we were trying to get the film wrapped in time for a film festival so right. I think he was just under the gun. He was just like, fuck it, let's do it. Well, he's he's very good at, like, granted, I haven't worked with the guy in a long time, but he's very good at, like, just getting shit done. Okay. You know what I mean? Well, if you guys haven't seen this movie, you should check it out. Um, we'll, the, we'll post a link to, like, the trailer and maybe where you can buy it if you want to get it. Or just, I think you can even watch it on fucking YouTube. Yeah, it's seriously on YouTube. He's but, not going to get any money from it anymore, I don't no, think. No, I'm not getting any more money on it. <laughs> Now, there is one more movie that we all watched that I do want to talk about. It's called Sweet Home. It was made in 1989 in Japan, and it was directed and written, actually, by Kiyoshi Kurosawa, who is the director of the Pulse movie. It's uh, the 2001 version, not the American remake. And he did Doppelganger and Cure. He did a couple other horror movies. He's done a lot of TV movies and stuff, but those are probably the more notable ones, I think, in the horror genre, so... But the story is about a TV production crew who are making a documentary about the infamous painter Mamiya Ichiro. When they start filming at his old home, they come under attack from the ghost of the painter's wife. And you start to figure out why. What did you guys think? I thought it was cool. When you sent me that link, though, like I, I, I started watching it. And then in the very beginning of it, there was a trailer for the video game yeah. Sweet Home. Which was on the Famicom, I want to say, since it was in Japan. No, it was, well, maybe, yeah. It was the NES, but yeah. Yeah, for them it's the Famicom. Right, For yeah. us it's the Nintendo. But, um, yeah, that looked really cool, and I would love to play it, but I would never understand well, they anything have, that was going on in the game. I mean, the game's not exactly being sold anymore, and I don't even think it has any, like, rights anyway. So, really? like... that's crazy, dude. They have, like, I mean, guys, like, it's... There's a there's a law that's in America at least, or and I don't know if it's like with an Interpol or whatever that they use to like copyright internationally or whatever, but there is a law that says the preservation of games that they passed not too long ago, where you can literally get any copy of any game if it's not being sold. Really? Yeah, legally, to preserve it, so that it doesn't get lost, because these are works of art. And nobody has thought it through because everything's so cartridge-based right. that once they're gone, they just don't produce it anymore. And that's the kind of the appeal of what digital games are. But if you guys aren't sure what the hell we're talking about, because we're kind of jumping around, the game came out at the exact same time as the movie. And the trailer for the movie was a multiple trailer for not only the movie, but the game in Japan. Well, you know what makes that really interesting? I, I didn't think about, but... Like, when you look at, like, Transformers and G.I. Joes, I mean, the uh, cartoons weren't created to be cartoons. They were created to sell toys. toys. Oh, yeah. Right. So, so it's wa- kind of probably in the same vein. I, I wonder. I wonder. I really enjoyed it. Um, there was, I like a lot of the camera tricks they used. There is very practical. And it, it was great for the time that it came out. What was it, uh, 89? Yeah. Yeah, it was great. 
It yeah. looked like it could have been even the 90s, mid-90s. It didn't even uh, really come out uh, anywhere else. In fact, the only way that I could get a copy of this movie, that I even heard about it, I used to belong to... Uh, a, well, it wasn't like a subscription, but there was a website, and it was called Video Junkies. And oh, yeah, that's old school. It was like you could buy VHS tapes that they would make copies of, of these movies and you would buy it. Now I don't as to, as to how legitimate some of these places were. There was like, so what was it called? Black Midnight or Black Rose Media? Oh, I think that might be it. That was Black Rose Media, and then there was Video Junkies, which is one that I liked. Junkies. Because I liked some of his descriptions of the movies, and all I remember is them saying in the thing it was like jaw dropping jaw effects by Dick <laughs> Smith. Dick. And I was like, fuck yeah, I'm going to watch that movie. I don't even know what it's about. There's no trailer. There's no internet to check this shit out. But and- there's Dick in it. <laughs> <laughs> Dick Smith. But yeah, Dick Smith did the fucking... And, and if you guys don't know, do some research. He is a legend. Yeah, Dick Smith has done yeah. a ton of work. He is he's the he just recently passed away a few years oh, yeah. ago. Uh, but and he was at actually a con- at one of the conventions I was at too. Oh, cool, man! So it's kind of shitty. But do you have anything else to add about it though? I mean, like, tell us about what your thoughts about it when you first started watching it and stuff. After like maybe like a little bit before midway through, I was like, "There's something going on here. There's something special." Yeah, <laughs> and it just it just gradually started getting even better and better past my expectations. And I don't want to give too much away, but you guys definitely need to go out and watch this. What do you think about it, Mike? Uh, I, you know, I watched it and I saw it was subtitled. <laughs> Shut the fuck up. Okay, okay, okay. It's like a lot of these movies from that era. Don't watch it for the plot. I mean, there, there. Well, no, scratch that. Don't say that. Don't. Say it that. has a good plot. I think it, uh, it's it's conceptually it's cool. A traditional plot. Okay, and there's some cool stuff aesthetically that's fucking stupidly cool. Right. Like like we talked about Dick Smith. I mean, his effects are stupidly crazy. I mean, there's 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 a few sequences that are genuinely kind of creepy. Right. Some stuff towards the end that I that I literally was like, this is fucking amazing. This is really cool. Right. But for the most part, it didn't really kick my ass and i'm not saying that in a bad way yeah it's still an important film because like we were talking about it gave us the movie gave us the game that capcom made i don't think it's in my mind the first uh survival horror film or a survival horror game i should say (laughs) i'm all over the map fuck you and your horror shots you cocksucker (laughs) but uh when i when i look at uh survival horror game right you know i think about uh Alone in the Dark, that's what I consider to be one of the first original sure. ones. But this game I could see there, but beyond this, this is what gave us... Uh, Resident Evil. There you go. Resident yeah, it was literally the inspiration for it. Yeah. It was, and now that you said Alone in the Dark, that was the third movie, or the third uh, thing that inspired it. Oh, wow. So Sweet Home, the game, and, and the movie, I think, inspired Resident Evil, which came out in 95, and The Shining movie, and... Uh, Oh, the Alone in the Dark. <laughs> yeah, nobody nobody saw the movie and nobody should see the movie. Yeah, and no one should have watched the sequel either. <laughs> they made a sequel to that? Yeah, they did. God, who saw that? The director's fucking mother? I don't know. <laughs> uh, I'm pretty sure they made a, a sequel. with uh, The first one was with uh, Christian... Christian... Uh, Slater. Slater, yeah. Was, and they made a sequel for it. The original was terrible. But I still kind of like uh, Uva Bowl, or whatever his name is, Uva Bowl. I mean, Alone in the Dark was a big popular game. And I think that, you know, Sweet Home kind of fits in there in that sort of style because it was kind yeah. of like weird. And 
I don't know. And, and just to know that, that Sweet Home was a part of that when it's such a lost gem for so many people like that nobody knows about. But we need a release over here. We need well, a- even on Horror Amino, and I can't remember who posted it. Oh, it might have been Ann Horror. Oh. I think she posted it, but somebody posted it a couple weeks ago. Okay. And I was like, man, we I've been trying to, you know, because we got to toss the themes around between the three of us. So it's like, I don't want to force it on people, but I've been wanting us to watch this movie so much. And, like, it does take a little while for this movie to kick off. It does. But, and it's quirky and kind of fun, and, like, you just think it's, like, everything's so happy. Right, right. You know, like, everything, and and I guess that's what he wanted, because it would make it scarier. I mean, and I didn't really say, I wouldn't say that I'm genuine, I was genuinely scared of this movie, but it had so much freaky shit. It's one thing that I didn't like about, well, sure. not, 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 not just the whole beginning feel of it, but the end. Well, it, I don't think it's as quirky as some some movies that came out in Japan later on in the nineties right. and stuff like. No, I'm just saying the ending was just too cotton candy for me. I mean, it was really great until like the very last like maybe minute of it. The guy who wrote it wasn't really necessarily a horror fan. Yeah, and I mean, like I I didn't really look into it that far with Ki- Kiyoshi Kurosawa because uh, he wrote and directed it. But I don't know. I kind of like the dichotomy or the, the duality yeah, between good. the two. Oh. I, honestly, I don't think it's that bad. Um, I, I, it's quirky and funny and stupid. Like, there's a part where a guy goes, she goes down to get gas, and like the guy's working on a car underneath, <laughs> and he's like so animated, and he like knocks the car down, and it falls on him. He's like, I can't breathe, I can't breathe, and in Japanese, obviously, right? And then, uh, <laughs> and he's like, pull the lever, pull the lever, and she pulls it down, so it like crushes him. <laughs> And then she's like, put it up, put it up, put it up, lever her up. And she puts it up and he's like, oh, you saved my life. You know, like, and he's like this wise man that works at a gas station that just so happens to be quirky and weird and carry this fucking medallion. Is that what he called it? Yes. I don't think it was a medallion. Well, it was like a statue of like three heads and three bodies right. or something. Uh, but it was some magical item medallion. Right. I think it was like, if anything, maybe an idol. No, I don't think it was an idol. It wasn't anything you worshipped. It was something you used. Oh, yeah, yeah you're right. You're right. Um, Triple threat. <laughs> but anyway, he, she's like, oh, yeah, we're up at the house at uh, the Miyamoto Castle or whatever. And uh, he was like, wait, what the fuck? And she, like, drives off. She's like, fuck you. But that mechanic guy has to be my favorite character. Yeah. yeah. Really? Yeah. Oh, he's kind of crazy. Like, the whole, I love the, the song that he sung. And then he crushes the bottle in his hand yeah but he doesn't crush it he melts it yeah yeah yeah, yeah. we got to talk oh. about some of the scenes in this oh yeah oh, oh dude and i i go, what were you gonna say Mike? Oh, i was gonna say one of the things i, I want to bring up about it is um it's interesting to see horror films from other countries in general right whether it's japanese uh, chinese korean or anything whether it's any country right because uh, everybody's culture has a different idea of what is scary Okay. You know what I mean? So it's cool to see what they perceive as being horrifying because it it might might not match up with what we see. But I don't know, it's, it's or how they interpret other movies that they've seen or yeah. where, right. where they, you know, cuz like I said, it you know, this is at a time when we're not as inbred information-wise. Like nowadays, we get information from everywhere, so our culture is pretty much gone. Yeah. Because we get culture from the internet. Uh, I even wrote a song, it was called Hashtag #culture delete. And that was specifically about that. But I just feel like maybe that back then when we didn't have access to so much information, things stayed a little more pure. 
And you, you know what I mean? Like, I mean, I know that like people are always like, oh, those crazy Japanese people, you know, like <laughs> they're crazy. I don't know what the hell they're doing. But, like some of it is like really unique and cool. And that's why I like it. Well, dude, and there's something that will be interesting to talk about maybe later, but there's this one thing. It's an Indian thing. I think like it's this, this creature that uh, severs its own head, holds its head and the blood spurts out while two like servants drink the blood uh while someone uh you know two couples are like fucking in front of it it's what like, is this about I, i'm totally rambling <laughs> <laughs> what but does I, this have to do with that though well i'm saying because like there's a lot of stuff in regards to other countries that we don't know a lot of like you know history and and uh, mythos that we don't know because we live in America. Sure, right. You know, and I and when I read this, I think I read it on Reddit, and I was like, "This is fucking amazing." Why is there a movie about this this chick who severs her, severs her head and lets these people drink her blood while people fuck? I mean, this could be a really cool like entity to give you guys kind of an idea of what the story is about behind the story, because there's a story behind this story. Yeah. They're going to this old mansion because this guy was like a really famous painter. They want to get some of his work and kind of document them cleaning it up and making so they can show the world this artist's work. What happened was is this lady had a child and somehow it got in the furnace and burned up halfway. And she went in in the furnace to save her baby and caught herself on fire and then like burned half her face. But the baby died. She went crazy about this and went into the fucking she had to like bury her baby or whatever. Uh, and she ended up going and stealing kids from neighboring houses and stuff. She's just a kidnapper. And kidnapping kids and then putting them in the furnace. Damn. To give her baby friends. <laughs> like, that's literally yeah. the story. And then when the villagers found out that she was taking their babies and throwing them in the fire, she they fucking went there with pitchforks and fucking, uh, you know, torches. And, like, she was like, fuck this, and ran in the fucking uh, the furnace and burned herself up alive. And so then, you know, like, the baby's buried out back, and some guy, when they show up, he kicks over the stones, and shit goes, he, like, it un, it wakes the, oh, the lady, and she's, like, crazy ghost now all of a sudden. So, but some of the stuff that they did in it, though, man, some of the effects and stuff were so fucking amazing, I was, like, blown away. Dude, there was a sequence that fucking actually like gave me the creeps, where the chick kind of floated out, the witch or whatever she was. Right. Oh, the shadow. Know. What's up? Oh, oh you talking? About He's talking about the, the the lady at the end. Yeah. 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 Towards the end sequence, that actually creeped me out. Yeah, she had. She, there was like this huge animatronic uh, body. Like they had her face fully had face facial features and yeah, structure th- that, but there was a sequence earlier where it was just a normal woman just floating out. Oh, over that, top of the face. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, because they show how her half face melted over top of the Mimi girl was, Emmy's was, the Emmy chick was really cool. But my favorite part, honestly, is that scene. Right, like they have this like guy who's like kind of like their their servant, you know, that helps them like. He's like the production guy. Okay. And he goes around and he's like the grip and he does like <laughs> setting up the lights and, you know, making sure everything's right for their documentary. And he's also their driver and shit like that. He's like looking for something in a toolbox. Oh, some, oh, he's like looking, he hears something in another room and it's this, this no, other no, no, girl no. and she falls in front of him. Yeah. Remember but before I thought the scene was going to go like a whole nother direction. It was that piece of cloth that he started pulling on remember yeah oh yeah and but i mean that's just a open. minor point for the right. big part I, I know i just thought someone was so more grand well he pulls on the on the thing and she falls in front of him but 
when she comes in the room, she's kind of catatonic and like lost it. And she's been kind of like manipulated by the ghost. It's like taking her over. And then all of a sudden they start seeing a shadow grow on the wall. And it's like really kind of cheesy. You know, they probably held like cardboard in front of a fucking light. Right. But <laughs> it looked cool and it, it, it carried the effect of this shadow growing up on the wall because they didn't have CGI at the time, obviously. Yeah. And then the shadow goes on the ground and he like falls and then the shadow starts burning his middle section. Well, it, there's a point where it looks like a hand and it's like grabbing his torso. Right, maybe. But he's like, it starts melting his inner, his midsection until it like almost kills him. And then... She's like freaking out and runs and hides almost. And then he's like crawling across the floor with his legs behind him melted and like his midsection melted through the floor. And he's crawling with his guts like falling out. It's hardcore. It's fucking badass, dude. I fucking <laughs> love that shit. It looked pretty I didn't good. want to get too into details so I could just tell the good part. But right. Not only that, but the uh, the whole end sequence with the, the massive creature was badass. Okay. I dug that was really well done. I dug oh, all yeah. of that, dude. It was fucking the expressions phenomenal. on her face and everything. Oh, they, oh yeah. I almost thought it was a real actor. Like, well, they face, did it like, first, right? And then they morphed her into that thing. Okay. So they no. they used uh, so oh. they put one film over another and then right. and then blended it in, so it faded in and out. Uh, and they, I think they put some like white f- fuzzy shit over it to make it kind of <laughs> look like it's transitioning cotton. It's like old, It's a very old school style mixed with. Yeah, like new ideas. Right, right. I think my favorite scene has to be when the um, the guy you were talking about earlier, the mechanic, right, where he comes to the house, which I think is the painter. Really? Yeah. But I love when he starts singing that song, and then he's he starts singing it as he's walking into the furnace to get the. Yeah, he's like, "You gotta have your mind strong," but he starts drinking, and then he sings, and they're like, "What the fuck?" Right, but that song <laughs> is amazing. I don't know what he's singing about, yeah. but it sounds epic. Not even going to try. Yeah. <laughs> don't even try. Yeah, it's going to come across as super white fail. boy. Yeah. Right. And um, and just the way he melts when he comes out of that. It yeah, because he, he, well, he goes into the room in the basement. It's like a whole other portal. It's like a whole other dimension. Well, he goes, well, it is the furnace room. Right. He goes in there. There's like a barrier of shadow. Right. That won't let him get in there. And in order to get through it, it burns your skin. So he goes in to save the girl who's in the shadow that doesn't get burnt for some reason, but whatever. He goes in and he gets burnt. He comes back with her and he's just like melting. And he's standing there the whole time. Right. Even Even his skeleton. skeleton. Yeah, Yeah, he's still (laughs) standing there. Jesus. I thought that was badass too. I mean, it was a little long and like the scene was so long. I think that they meant to make it go faster. Right. And it just didn't work. Like they couldn't make it work right. Because, like, at the end, it's like, this guy's melting for, like, five minutes, right? <laughs> and then the chick, the Emmy girl that he saved, screams at the very last as his skeleton falls. Right. You're like, and it's like... It's like she's waiting for him to be... Are you, are you okay, guy? Yeah. You okay? Like, you wouldn't have been freaked out by him melting? <laughs> right. Like, a skeleton falling is the least scary part. Right. <laughs> and, and I want to say that another favorite scene, it, nothing, gra- nothing graphic or anything happens in the scene. It was just very well shot. And the colors in it were just popped to me, and it just looked very cool. It kind of reminded me of the gate, or at least the the cinematography of gate. Okay, is when the where she's going back into the house to the furnace room where the guy died, and the floor caves in. Oh yeah, that's pretty cool. 
It's just everything about that scene. I just I don't know why or she it's had to throw the really baby. beautiful to me. Yeah, it's not the end scene, but it's well, it's towards the end. Guys, here's the thing with this movie: you're gonna have to watch at least 30, 45, 30, 40 minutes at least till weird shit starts happening. Right. But they really wanted you to make you feel for the characters. Um, I don't know if that really got conveyed. Maybe not. I, I think that was the slowest part about it. But once it kicks in, it's like, oh shit, oh shit, oh yeah. shit, yeah. oh shit, oh shit. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, so overall, I I would say that this is probably because I always come back to it, and because of some of the uniqueness about it, and it's like a forgotten style almost. I think it's like an eight point five at least, maybe I, I even a nine. Think, yeah, I was gonna say. In my opinion. It's not a perfect movie. I don't like all the happiness, like you were saying, necessarily. Would, that, that's why I would give it an 8.5. Yeah, yeah. It almost had like a Peter Jackson feel to it. Kind of. Well, the yeah. music, especially. Yeah, I totally yeah. see that. Yeah. <laughs> it's like all happy all the time. It's like, what the fuck? Right. There's people dying. <laughs> uh, anything you want to add to it, Mike, before we get out of that? No, it's like, uh, like I said, if, if if anybody out there is questioning seeing this film, I say if you can get your hands on it, right. or if you can get to a computer that has the YouTube, uh, you can probably see it. It's the the effects are really cool. There is a Region Zero version of it if you want to own it. By the way, and you do know about this movie, you can buy it from some company that has like the supposed highest quality print that there is. Oh, cool, man. Um, but if you just want to watch this movie, guys, it's on YouTube. And to be honest, it's better than the copy I got. Like the YouTube version is like, you got to look for the highest quality one because there's a couple in there, but look for the highest quality one because the colors in this movie are really important. Yeah, they are. It's aesthetically important to be able to have this in the best quality, which is really disappointing that they haven't brought it to DVD ever. It's only VHS prints on DVD. And it's not on Blu-ray, so it's like... Because no one stands to make any money from it, right? No uh, not anymore it. now. If they would have kept it alive for several years, they probably would have fucking had more money now with a Blu-ray than they ever would have. Right. They probably... If they ever really did re-release this, it'll be probably when we're into the 4Ks, and it's like, well, we gotta rush it out and just get some movies out, you know what I mean? Oh, yeah. And I guarantee it'll never be letterboxed. It'll be fucking 4... 4.3. 4.3 or, or whatever. Yeah, yeah, 4-3 or whatever the fuck. So, full screen, basically. Right. Um, but yeah, man, I love that movie. And if you guys get a chance, check it out. We'll put the link below. You should definitely check it out. And we do realize that there's plenty of other Spook House movies out there, right, guys? Yeah, The Shining. Uh, oh, The Shining, man. Yeah, that's like probably... You know what? That was probably my first Spook House movie. No, I, didn't think about it. I didn't even think about that. Oh, I wanted to make an amendment, actually, too. Last, last episode... We were talking about, I said, oh, it reminds me of this movie. I said, premonition. I meant to say apparition. <sighs> so apparition's a really good movie. It's another spook house flick you, you should like. I like it. It's kind of freaky. The one where I was talking about how they would use their minds to bring something through to another oh, world. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. About that one. It's called Apparition. If you get a chance, you should check it out. I should check it out. I almost wanted to put it in this as spook house, but I kind of feel like it moves from different areas right so it's not just it's not really just spook house but it is really awesome the woman in white or is it the woman in white woman Woman in black black. woman in black there you go that is uh danny radcliffe it's actually i don't get scared easily because i do a lot of this kind of stuff anyways Mm -hmm. but that movie the woman in black with danny radcliffe 
I don't watch it when I'm home alone because it actually fucking creeps me out. Right. Same thing with The Haunting. I remember that one. Uh, check out my film, The uh, Death of a Ghost Hunter, if you want to get really bored. and We'll put the link. I put the link. <laughs> yeah, if you want to watch it on YouTube, it's good quality. Oh, yeah. Well, I, like I said, I just bring it up because it's. I like talking about it because I can. Right. No, no, yeah, you know? totally, dude. I haven't made a movie. Fuck. I just uh, don't know what to say. You've, you've, uh, I made music. <laughs> yeah, which is, you probably cost more than this fucking piece of shit costs. <laughs> no. <laughs> I don't know about that. Anyways. But if you guys have some suggestions for some spook house, fucking sound off, dude. Let, let's see, flex your fucking horror boner or yeah. vagina. <laughs> like, let us know. Guys, if you are listening now and you've made it to this point, as always, sound out a thing in the comments and let us know that you actually did. And uh, we'll give you a big pat on your back and tell you you're a fucking hero. <laughs> um, also, if you haven't already, we do have a YouTube channel. We do have a SoundCloud channel. We do have, you know, we're all over the place. Twitter, Facebook, all the links are going to be below. So please add us on there. Give us a shout out if you enjoy what we do. And next week, we'll be coming back on Monday with a brand new episode. Until then, stay out of some fucking scary-ass houses and don't fucking drink ghost urine. Yeah. <laughs> Have a good week, guys. See you guys. Bye. Beyond the Veil Horror Podcast. Tune in every Monday for a new episode.